This is Marathon to March. Welcome back, everyone. We are recording this on a Tuesday night, the night after the National Championship game. The night after Baylor claimed the National Championship. It's actually Wednesday Baylor Bears. Bears. It's actually Wednesday morning. It is Wednesday it's morning. Midnight, it's midnight, it is Wednesday morning. It's midnight 20. Yeah, this is probably the latest we've ever recorded a podcast, but we also think this is one of our more important podcasts because yes. we're going to recap the National Championship game, the most important game out in college basketball year in and year out. Then we're going to talk about the landscape of college basketball and really what mm-hmm. unfolded this year and how it all went down. But first, let's talk about this. We both said Baylor. We did. I felt that I had Baylor preseason number one. That never yeah. changed. Yeah, I have been a top five team all year long. Mm-hmm. Top three team really all year long. Yeah. Mostly my number two for most of the year. But I had Michigan at one midseason, so. Um, we're not going to talk about their losses this offseason quite yet. That'll be no. more in discussion in upcoming weeks, team preview, stuff like that. Jonathan Chamla Chachua. But... This team was built to win a national championship. Yeah. They knew this was their year. I think we said that yeah. on the last podcast. And really, like, this team was as complete as you could get. Yeah. Like, there's not really there, there, like people, people say Baylor played, like, a perfect game last night. But you go look at back they at didn't. their team stats. Like, they, they were pretty much around all their season averages for everything. The only thing that was a real outlier was offensive rebounding. Yeah. Which was, I think they had 16, 14, something like that, offensive rebounds. Last night, which is high for them, but yeah. like, then again, Gonzaga is not this absurd rebounding team. Yeah. So and it's it's um they shot forty four percent. They shot forty, I think forty one percent of the season as a team. And they were like talking about um, you know, someone mentioned, well, if they play this game again, Gonzaga would win because of you know, Baylor would start five for five. And I go like or like from three, like five for five from three, like start red hot from three, but, which is like fair, which is fair. But but I will say you know Baylor's still, still going to hit their shots because Baylor teams, teams have cold nights, but like Baylor's not one of those. Baylor shot like three percent better than their season average from three. Yeah, which is an absurd absurd thing to have. Yeah. Like they played well. Don't get me wrong. Like they played really well. Yeah, Baylor but, had a great game. Like like we're not saying the, the, this game was far from perfect. For, yeah, for Baylor, and no. if I'm gonna be honest. This might not, probably wasn't the best game they've played all. They played all year. They played Maybe. better. They played know. better games. And like, yeah, don't be wrong. We 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 do think that Baylor like beat Gonzaga versus Gonzaga beating themselves. Yeah, but Gonzaga played far from their best they could have played, mm-hmm. and it definitely helped Baylor just capture the momentum early, and then they didn't look back. And when Baylor captures a lead, it's really hard for them to mm-hmm. get that taken away. Like you're gonna hear like over the next week, month, whatever. Gonzaga shot poorly from free from three. They wouldn't do that again. Well, Baylor's a really good perimeter defensive team. Exactly. Like, we knew that coming in. We knew this. Gonzaga turned the ball over too much. Well, yeah. Baylor forced a ton of turnovers all yeah. year. We knew that coming in. I know. Like, it's not Baylor's fault that they that Gonzaga played into Baylor's hands. I know. Like they they let yeah. Baylor, Baylor operate the way Gonzaga, they wanted to. Yeah. Gonzaga, and frankly, yeah. UCLA did the same thing. Exactly. Them in the final four. I'm gonna say UCLA started like very well against Gonzaga. Hit their shots. The only difference in that game is that Joel Ajayi, Joel Ajayi had like an amazing start to that game, and therefore, like, Gonzaga was able to stay in that back and forth all, all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, um, UCLA also played one of their best games, probably the better, the better best game of the season. Yeah. Um, Baylor, it's just like I said, <laughs> Baylor played great. Baylor played great, and I still don't think we've seen the best from them. Like, now we actually have seen the best from them. Mm-hmm. It's over. 
but Baylor is still insane, man. Like they, this is one of the better teams I've seen. Like, where do you think this compares to the best teams like the past like twenty years? Um, honestly, like the what didn't this team have? Like size, like yeah, they, they did. They, they just did. They didn't need it much. Yeah. Like Ch- Chachua was good for yeah. most of the year. Flothamba, Flothamba was Flothamba. Yeah. Um, Vital was just a human wrecking ball. Yeah. In, inside and like. Like, they had NBA players. They had shooting. They had defense. Yep. Like, they didn't do anything defense. poorly. No. And, like, that, that's a sign of a really good team. Like, I well, don't... Like, this team's like, rarely do anything poorly. Tw- 20, like, 2018 Nova was was, was kind of like this team. Yeah. Sh- shot really well from three. Played really good perimeter D. Great defense. And, like... Sides, yeah. Like, the, the, like, this team was... I, I'm glad that people realized this, is the, this was the best team in the country. Yeah. And... Like I, I I go back to what Harrison said to me after the. There's your daily Harrison. Yeah, the Harrison seems to pop up every podcast, and he would know it if he listened. Yeah. But um, he he turned to me, Jake, and my buddy Logan when we were at the Big Twelve tournament. Oklahoma State had just beaten Baylor. The game ends. One of the first things he said to us was, was "We just watched the last time Baylor's going to lose the season." Yeah. And like he's right. They lost to Kansas. We did me and Harry like after the break. Mm-hmm. They like they played their worst game of the year against Kansas. So I didn't back off on them. They lose to OK State. OK State played by the way perfect that game. They played and, the perfect game in Kansas. Um, and I didn't back off then. Like by the way, interesting stat: the last three national champions all come all have been the one seed in the top top right region. It's true. Baylor in twenty twenty one. It's true. Virginia in twenty nineteen. Villanova twenty eight. So Michigan gets the one seed in the top right region because mm-hmm. Gonzaga will go undefeated again. <laughs> I mean, we'll see about that. But that's the we'll get into that. Yeah, later, we're gonna, like we have a bunch of stuff, but like let's talk about the game it's, itself. Yeah. we, we kind of mentioned like how well Baylor played, like what what they did well, what Gonzaga did well, but like what was the point in the game for you when you realized like this is Baylor, like like this is this is Baylor's game to lose, like this is honestly, it was game. like. It was. I mean, don't be wrong. Gonzaga had that little chance. They got mm-hmm. single digits. They cut it to nine on them hard play in, in, in the second half, which was big. But the first half domination, mm-hmm. like those things, just don't go away. And like Murphy's a great coach, and Gonzaga's a great team. But it's hard to make adjustments like that. Gonzaga's never been put in that situation before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like. It's not like in the fact that the two teams are just so that similarity talent wise, but it's just in the fact that like in like the the nineteen eighty U.S. Olympic Miracle Game, the Russian coach has never been in that situation mm-hmm. before. He didn't know what to do. Like I feel like there was a lot of a lot of aspects where like Gonzaga did not know what to do. That's why you saw Jalen Suggs rushing a lot. You saw a lot of um, uh, poor defensive switching, a lot of more pressing, trying to make steals and like trying to force the issue. And um, they kind of forced it too much. Drew Timmy looked lost mm-hmm. in the first half. That was the worst he's played since West Virginia earlier in yeah. the year. And that yeah. was against two all-conference bigs yeah. and Derek Culver and Oscar yeah. Sheeblay. Drew Timmy like, didn't know what to do in the first mm-hmm. half. I've never seen him like, lost my life. And Baylor had a really good game plan for him. Amazing. Like, well, let's just put stronger, more physical bigs on him and push him out to the perimeter. Like, yeah. I was saying it all game. If you could go get get him to catch on the perimeter and force him to his left hand, he's not going to do much. No, like, he's not. Most of his his easy baskets and most of his baskets in general came off of switches on ball screens. Yeah. Um, where he just had the size advantage and was able to yeah. get post position. Yeah. Like Baylor, even with foul trouble, did a very good job on him. And no one, no one on 
No one on Gonzaga played um, their best game. Far from it. No one on Gonzaga played a very good game in particular. Um, it was really, really hard to see, you know, Gonzaga play like that when you know they can do better. At the same time, though, Baylor, like I said, they forced the issue. They made Gonzaga not play as well as Gonzaga has before. Um, it, it was a, a great performance by Baylor. I mean, I, I knew they were going to – I was very confident they were going to win. Mm-hmm. Like in, like pretty much around the under four. In the I, I think the Mark Vidal block sequence kind of like silenced, that was big. That was like big. silenced all Gonzaga's home. Yeah, and and he gets the block with on Kispert, which was huge. And then huge. they they come down. Butler finds Flagburn transition hits a three. Yeah. it's sixteen with eleven minutes to go or whatever. That, that's, it was. that's yeah. I mean, that was that was second half. Yeah, it was. It was Middle, middle second. Even half, then, though, like, like I was very confident Gonzaga was going to lose. That Baylor was going to win. You know, under four. Under four. Gonzaga's runs weren't absurd, which is what Baylor needed. No, because like at all. we know how efficient Gonzaga can be on offense and how yeah. quickly they could score. And like Gonzaga would score seven or eight in, in a row, and like Baylor would hit three. And yeah, like, absolutely. It, it's just like every ounce of momentum Gonzaga had would get killed by. Baylor, Baylor hitting hitting a tough shot or, or making a, a good play and like actually I want to like commend Scott Drew like I know he had a great great game plan yesterday Amazing. but his like his bigs were in a lot of foul trouble yesterday yeah. and he did a very good job I think handling that huge um like I said there wasn't an aspect of the game that Gonzaga wanted other than like free throw attempts maybe they might have more free throw attempts mm-hmm. like I can't remember they were. Um, outplayed on offense, outplayed on defense, and more importantly, and this is really really point to it, they were out coached. Mm-hmm. They were out coached. Scott Drew out coached Mark without Fett. a doubt. And like me, like I said, me and you knew this was going to happen. Like we called this happening, and it sucks that you know maybe if Gonzaga played an actual competitive team in their first five games, they wouldn't be in the situation. But they played a bunch of snoozers. Dare I say they got lucky against UCLA? And then they found themselves. In UCLA the definitely had their chances to win that game. Yeah, UCLA put the perfect game of the season. You know. All right. Mm. For, yeah. One last thing. Sorry, I was taking some water. I just want to say, don't be a casual, folks. I've seen some tweets. UCLA would have made this game closer. No, they wouldn't. No, have. they wouldn't have. They would have been thirty points. Baylor would have dominated them even worse. If there was anybody that was any team in this tournament that was slowing down Juzang, it was Baylor. Yeah. There's any team in the tournament that was slowing down. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's honestly not a team that could beat Baylor. I don't think. No, like Gonzaga could if they played play more times, but like, yeah, Baylor playing their best basketball was the best team in the country. There's, there's, they're like, if, if, like, let's say, let's go through real quick for just for fun. Teams this tournament where if they played three times, this team Baylor and these two teams, better sorry, Baylor and the teams, this team could like take it once, like. Honestly, like the two teams they lost to, I wouldn't even have put in that category because like one of them was off. Kansas, no, one of them no was chance. off a COVID pause, and honestly, like Oklahoma State, if if Oklahoma State had if Baylor had stayed in Kansas City and played Oklahoma State again the next night, I think Baylor would have beaten them by double digits. Like, yeah, they, Baylor, if they just it would have like, been like the Baylor, day after. Baylor shot so poor from three in that game. Yeah, yeah and. Yeah. Arguably should have won. Like Baylor was up like seven and nine in the second half at one point yeah. in that game, and then Cade started doing his thing. Avery Anderson was unreal in that game. Yeah, and like quiet. Was I honestly one of the quiet. I, like, I, 
honestly hate to say this because I loved Oklahoma State this year, but if Baylor and Oklahoma State played ten times, I think Baylor wins nine, and that one night happened to be the night Oklahoma Maybe. State got them. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm biased. I think Michigan could beat them. If at full strength they could have. Because Michigan's like one of the only teams in the country that could match their perimeter D. Yeah. And like, Franz, why do you have to airball that three? <laughs> Franz, why do you have to just have a terrible, terrible game? He's going to be a great NBA player, too. So good. So good. But, but yeah, we'll get into the mock draft. I can't okay. wait for that stuff, too. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay. For those of you who like theories, this is one of the only times you're going to hear about a theory on this podcast or anything, okay. close, anything close to it. And I'm going to propose this theory as a question to you, David. Yeah. What are we missing with Gonzaga? Why haven't, why haven't they won a national championship yet? And I don't want to yeah. hear they've become a powerhouse recently because they've been to new two national title games. Yeah. They've been to, I believe, four Elite Eights since 2015. Yeah. Um, they they've been to 20, should have 22 straight NCAA tournaments. They should have a national championship. They should, tournament. they should and why they should. don't they? It's really sad they don't. Mm-hmm. It's more than anything, super sad they don't. And there's an answer, and we all know the answer. They play a bunch of crappy teams during the regular season. They don't play any competition mm-hmm. for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. And even then they get in the tournament, they play, like, you know, okay teams to start. Like, a really bad, obviously, 16 seed. Because if you go that well, you're not going to get benched. You know what I mean? I mean you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a lower seed. But even, like, the 8-9s, unless they get a really good 8-9, they're going to win that game. And then you can start any of the games that could be tougher. Mm-hmm. But Gonzaga's path this year was just super easy. Mm-hmm. They don't play good teams. Like even BYU, I still we think know all, BYU sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, BYU is not good. You know what I mean? I still think there were a lot of other teams in the tournament that could have given them trouble. Yes, they just, just yes. happened to Avoid get eliminated or played in other regions. Even then, though, like in their top left, Oregon would have still lost that game to Gonzaga. I think Oregon wasn't that good. Iowa, you know, and I was going to cut pace with them offensively. To be fair, Gonzaga, right? They beat. Kansas, they beat Iowa, they beat Creighton. I think, Iowa, Creighton. I think Iowa would have played a similar game to, the, to against Gonzaga that UCLA played. Yeah, we're just bucket for bucket. Yeah, I think like Gonzaga pulls away eventually, yeah. but I like, think Gonzaga would have pulled away eventually. It would have been as close. Mm-hmm. There were no, there was no need for a Jalen Suggs twenty three. But I will say, you know, Gonzaga played a, a tough non conference schedule. Games in November don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. If you go between like. December to to March of playing no one. Like playing absolute crap for teams. Playing Hopkins High School varsity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going to do anything when it comes to March. Mm-hmm. You're not. And, and here's the thing. I went on this podcast a couple weeks back when we were doing, I think, our region previews. It was in probably our um, West region preview. And said, there's going to be a point in this tournament where... A team, Gonzaga gets a team that can match their physical, match physical, match them physically, and match them athletically, and match their speed. Yep. And honestly, Eventually it did happen. Honestly, <laughs> I was, I was wrong. Honestly, on that, it I, it's not that. It's it I it's something else that I figured out, okay. and it's something that you kind of hinted at. Yeah. Take it. Gonzaga's yeah. games in November are the most important games of the year. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Most competitive, most mm-hmm. the best teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From New Year's Eve on, Gonzaga doesn't have a chance to improve as a team. Yep. We and you mentioned you just yeah. think about this logically, okay? You take a fifth grade eight, a fifth grade A basketball team, okay. 
Okay. And have them play down in the fifth so grade. So like San Francisco go on. And, and play, have them play down in the fifth grade B League. Yeah. Those kids on that team are not getting any better because nope. they're playing against kids that are a lot yeah. worse than them. Yeah. Okay? Meanwhile, and throw out whatever t- team you want this year, usually Blue Bloods like Duke, Kentucky, but there always are teams like that that are having up years like Baylor. Yeah. Texas Tech in 2019, for example. Yeah. Those teams are going through a grind of a conference schedule year in and year out. And those teams are able to lose games and go back to the drawing board and say, what do we need to work mm-hmm. on? Where are our weaknesses and how do we because make Because your this- weaknesses get exposed mm-hmm. and losses. Yes. Gonzaga's weaknesses weren't exposed. And even if Gonzaga plays a close game and, and wins in conference, yeah. you don't change much after a win. No. All right? You can go point out and say, like, like you can, like for example, their game against BYU, their their defense just was totally exposed. Specifically, yeah, BYU made shots. Their perimeter defense specifically, and even after that game, like your focal point isn't like they played like we played terrible defensively in the first half on the perimeter. Yeah. Your focal point is we won the game. We like, won a championship. Mm-hmm, we won. The they w- celebrated because they celebrate every win they get, which is like fine. I don't mind that. So, Winning should be celebrated. Winning no should be celebrated, especially in the tournament too. And I'm okay with that. But it's just like, the thing is, you think to yourself, well, you know, there's always something to improve on. But when you're playing Pepperdine, when you're playing San Francisco, St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and you're winning games by 40, everything looks good. Um, everything looks I'm good. I'm going to say this right now, and this is something I real- realized in this tournament. The team we saw play Kansas in November, the first day of the season, the Gonzaga team that we saw play Kansas. Kansas in November was the exact same team we saw play Baylor Probably. last night. Probably. And it's the same thing every yeah. year. And there's team, there's like, times where and it like, looks different. Mm-hmm. Like when they lost to St. Mary's two years ago, you know, I'm thinking, oh, good wake-up call. Mm-hmm. But Gonzaga like just didn't have the national championship team. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have a team that was good enough that to That was won. 2019? Yeah. Okay. Because I was when they had Clark and Hachimura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I said a couple weeks ago. I like that. I like that team just as much as I like this team. Honestly, like nah, I, in terms of like NBA talents and what they had, like I thought it was very similar. Their strengths were just different. Yeah, they yeah, were most, That team was more post dominant than perimeter dominant. Yeah, but this team's more complete though. This mm-hmm. team was, in my opinion, more complete. They, they played faster too. Just yeah. harder to stop. And like, and it's just like the thing with Gonzaga is like, oh my god. Every single you said it's the same story every year. It's the same story every year. It's not going to change unless they do something about it. And listen, like Gonzaga is the only people responsible for getting himself a national championship, which sounds really stupid. You know, like me saying that, like Gonzaga is the only one that can do that to himself. But not so much the team and the players. Like you said, Gonzaga could have played that game against Baylor ten times. How many times does Gonzaga win? You don't know. You know what I mean? Like, now, now you played again after a loss. Mm-hmm. Go back to the drawing board and do this stuff. But if you play that game, when Gonzaga's undefeated every time, you know what I mean? Oh, actually, Liddy, we're completely forgetting something. Gonzaga lost to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we forget that? How do we forget that? By the way, that's a joke. Gonzaga didn't lose to BYU. Um, but, okay. So, like, here's the thing. I fully expect Gonzaga to win a national championship in the next five years. I don't. Like, I don't. It's, How can you say that? It just has to happen eventually. Like they got lucky this year. And, I, I will say like, it. The Gonzaga, they were great. Don't get me wrong. Gonzaga was great, but they got the perfect draw. They had to face an eleven seed. I don't care if it was UCLA. They had to face an eleven seed in the final four. Jaden, not Jaden. Jalen Suggs made a bank three from half court to to remove double overtime from the picture just to win that game for them. 
Just when that game, they couldn't stop Johnny Juzang. Like Quick stat for you guys. You can't tell me that they're gonna. Oh, you can't like. Oh, they're for sure gonna do it when like they they. They got lucky in the final four. You know what I mean? Here's a quick stat for you guys. And, like, you can say what you want about them not being a powerhouse until 2015, let's call it, when they first, when they got to the Elite Eight with Kevin Pangos and lost to Duke. Yeah. But since 2001, Gonzaga's 1-12 in the tournament against three seats or higher. Yep. Their only win, I believe, was 2016 yeah. when they had DeMontis Sabonis and beat Utah in the second round. Yeah. And even then, that was a second round game. I know. And he you say somebody, you, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, because um, it's really funny you mentioned that. And here's why. Because you said they haven't played a three-year higher, right? They haven't played a three-year higher this year. No, they Until Baylor. And even then, and even then, listen to this. Even then, listen to this. Because I got so lucky this year, right? So lucky, right? Because even the high seeds in their tournament, teams that we think Gonzaga would have beaten, are teams that Gonzaga had played earlier in that year mm-hmm. that could revisit them. Oh, but they, they missed Virginia. Virginia got upset. They, they, they missed, missed Kansas. They missed Iowa. And they missed too. Iowa. And they played teams that never seen them before, never played with a team that, that fast before. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, out of that region, right, there's 16 teams in there. Gonzaga played... And that's like season, like what, like seven of them, eight of them? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's, it was like John Rossing tweeted this multiple times, like throughout the tournament. The West region was the Gonzaga Invitational. It was, and like if if I'm being perfectly honest, the West Regional prepared them for the Final Four no better than the West Coast Conference did. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Like to be fair. Who was the best team they seen? BYU was BYU in the West Coast Championship was tougher than any game they played in the West Coast Regional. Yeah, yeah, and and that's sad to think that's about. That's so like, sad. And also, that just, it took a great game from BYU just to make it tough. And like, the, the funny thing is, like, I don't. Twenty twenty was a historic year for the West Coast Conference, and by twenty twenty, I mean the oh, previous season the before one college basketball, yeah. not the COVID. Oh, year. by twenty twenty, I mean like. 2019-2020, the year that got canceled. I, th- I think that's what you meant. Yeah, the, COVID the, year. the year we didn't have the tournament. Yes. I felt like that year Gonzaga was prepared to win a national championship more Maybe. than every any year, but they didn't have the roster. Because BYU is But I don't think they had the roster because yeah. they got tested by BYU in conference. They lost to BYU in Provo yeah. that year. BYU was great. Yeah. And St. Mary's was was really good that year. Yeah. Like, the, the West Coast... Conference, I felt prepared them better than they ever will be able to prepare yeah. again. Yeah. And but that I just didn't feel like they had the roster that year. Kisper yeah. wasn't as nationally good. Tilly Timmy, was good. T- Tilly was good. Timmy wasn't as nationally good. These no. were good players still, yeah. but like they took a guy he wasn't as like they took huge leaps this season. Mm-hmm. And like, and you also have a top five player in the country. We're, we're not going to just stray away from this. Gonzaga was the second best team in the country this year. And were they? Like. We didn't get to see them play Michigan at full strength, um, but I I don't think it's let, let's what's let's call them the second best team in the country for the sake of this podcast. Sure, sure. Like, is this team Gonzaga ceiling? Like, unless they move, unless they move to to but like a moving conferences is always something that's brought up, but it's never like we never actually heard anything about it. Like we never actually like you, you gotta you gotta do it. You have to do it. And here's you know, you've seen you've seen teams do it before. You've seen like Notre Dame plays in the ACC and also Notre Dame hockey plays in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga could move 
There's two options. The obvious option is just to move to the Pac-12. That's the obvious option. And like it's the, regional. Maybe 13. Regional. 13 teams. Even playing league. in the Mountain West, I feel like, would be better. Yeah, with like Colorado the, State. The Mountain West can take... The Mountain West, like, Utah they State. have their up years, they have their down years, and by up years, they're not, like they're probably the sixth best con- conference, right? And they're up years, but, like, San Diego State was ranked for most of the year. Yeah. Colorado State had stretches where they were really good. So did Utah State, State so did Utah State. Utah like, State's a favorite team. I, like, I think seeing those... T- like, seeing eight teams that are... seeing Having eight games a year that are NCAA tournament caliber teams... Will help. But those help. We remember something. You gotta remember something here. They'll win those games. Mm-hmm. I don't think Gonzaga loses those games. You know? I don't. And I, I think... Here's the two options I have for Gonzaga, real quick. Here's the two options I have for Gonzaga. Move to the Pac-12, and then find a team to move to the Pac-12 with. Like, an obvious options like BYU, maybe the Pac-14. But here's mm-hmm. one thing they could do. What if they just put, like, an independent schedule? And they just went and Like picked, Notre Dame for football? Yeah, and, like, picked and choose the teams they played, move around the country. And, like, the thing is, like... It's Gonzaga. Some some network will pick up a TV contract yeah. for them. Yeah, like the same yeah. way NBC does for football for Notre Dame. Yeah, and and teams will want to play them. Do you know why? Because they'll see great talent. And then good. when you lose, you'll get better. The Gophers will play Gonzaga. Chet Holmgren coming back to Minnesota. Duke plays them in Las Vegas next year. Great game. Mm-hmm. Duke, Duke might lose that. Yeah, they might. We lost to them two years ago in Maui. Yeah. With. The Maui Invitational that was in Maui. Yeah, that, the last Maui that we had actually in Maui. Yeah. No, we t- t- the second to last Maui that we had in Maui. Okay. But Either way, I think that... I, it, it's hard to say this, but like, I don't think Gonzaga gets better from this. Like, You can add Chet Holmgren okay. and have the best player in the country. You can add him, right? And you still have players. Their roster... I don't think we'll be better next year. Like, even if you add like Chet, l- listen, like Hunter Salas will be great for them, yeah. and so will Chet if he goes. But and, and so assuming will he does, there. like, and and if they keep Timmy, like that's going to be preseason number one. Yeah, like, and they're going to be number one. They're not losing that spot. No, I don't think unless they lose unless to Duke they, or something. Like, yeah, like that next year. I'm sure they'll have some other tough non-conference games. And when they when they blow out. Uh, Pepperdine by like, 40 because no one's ever seen a 7-foot like shooter like Chet Holmgren, you know? Okay. Chet Holmgren, Hunter Salas, two freshmen, two very good freshmen. They're not getting better 20-20 games against Pepperdine. No. They're not. They're and not. Like, neither will Yayi, neither will Nemhard. Dude, is it crazy? I, I, I take this back when I say this, but like, Chet versus Pepperdine, like Chet's played in bigger games. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota. And, and, he's, and Salas probably has too. And he's debatably played against like better competition. Chet's gone up against like Dane Danger before, who's currently at Baylor. You know, Chet's gone up against, you know, uh, Trey One Holloman. I mean, they didn't play the same position. He went up against 6 1, uh, D1 lacrosse, Ginger, Will Foster. You know, and he's great too. I mean, Chet's played tough competition in Minnesota, tougher than whoever Pepperdine has as their starting center. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't mean to insult Pepperdine. They're just no. the first team that comes to our head. Like, it's the same thing with like San Francisco, especially San Francisco. They have good guard play, but like, like and here and here's here's the thing, like, people will come back to us and say, "What if Gonzaga loses a non-conference game to one of these good teams? Mm-hmm. They can improve off that." What do you mean? Okay. That's November. That's yeah, it's November. I'm gonna say, uh, like, it doesn't help. You can improve off of that game, but. Let's say you improve off of that game. That's your peak. Yeah. Like, 
And those teams are you consistent. don't want to peak. And those teams are consistently yeah. getting better throughout the year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but like I think we just created a new John Rothstein slogan: "Gonzaga basketball peaks in December." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like that. That sounds. That sounds a good one, man. It's just like it's. It's more than anything, just like sad that we're never going to see this team. I don't think we're unless they change something. I don't see them in a national championship. Like. I just feel like it get like it gets to the point where it's inevitable. But like unless they get so lucky where they even have this path, like and then you add in their national you, you Baylor somehow loses to like Arkansas that game, then it's Arkansas in the national championship, and then Gonzaga can beat Arkansas. Like if J. Like, Tate doesn't get in foul trouble and Arkansas actually gives him a real test, you know? Gonzaga this year in the tournament, it, it doesn't get easier than that. No, it, it doesn't. just doesn't like it just doesn't. It doesn't. You're never gonna see that path again. Like we, we like we. The both, committee tried so we, hard. So we both said, like, we both said, as soon as that region got, got finished, like Gonzaga's in the final four without yes. a doubt. Like, yeah. there's no hesitation on this. Yeah. And like, it's just like you can give them whatever path you want. Like, it, it just can't get easier than that. Mm-hmm. It, it just can't. Nope. And like, and they like. They even got so lucky to the point where they got an 11 seed in the Final Four, and yep. as, as great as so as great as UCLA was playing, like that, that doesn't usually happen. No. Like you're not usually getting that lucky. Even Virginia, who had an easy path into 2019, I felt like. Oh. Even then, though, like they had to play a really good game against Purdue. Mm-hmm. You know, Garner Webb tested him in the first Auburn, game. Auburn, who was a five seed, was tough. Like Garner Webb tested him in the first game. Like that's insane. Virginia, Oregon, Virginia Oregon was, was with them too. Oregon was with them too in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Virginia was and, lost to Auburn. It's like, and like we go back to that Virginia team who had an easy path and won the national championship. Right? Like, Virginia faced individual games of adversity in that tournament. Yeah. And like I was talking with a guy on Twitter today. I don't know who he is. He just came up like when in a thread I was talking with some people in, and he said like, "You're wrong about like Gonzaga not facing adversity because they saw you saw faced adversity against UCLA." And I'm like. You're not changing anything two days before the national championship. No, no you're it's like, like, okay, time to like become a new whole team. It's like, can, can you imagine Mark Few sitting there on Sunday morning, at, the night after Jalen Sucks hits the buzzer beater, the morning after Jalen Sucks hits the buzzer beater against UCLA, and he sits there and thinks, how did we do? What did we do wrong against them? Like, yeah. what do we need to change? No, he's sitting there thinking, how do we beat Baylor? Yeah, like that's you're not changing. What your team does two days before a national championship? You're not game. doing that. You're changing that after you play a bad second round game and, and survive. You're, you're doing you're, that. You can you're doing ch- that when you play a tough game in January, in February, mm-hmm. in March. Hasn't happened. But Will never happen. Scott Drew got one got a week, I, and I, when I say a week, I mean like Saturday to Thursday. I want or Friday to Thursday. I want to say he got that week after they lost to Oklahoma State to sit down and say. Where did this? Where does this team, team get better? Yeah. Why? Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Why did they beat us? Mm-hmm. You know. And for, for him, like, th- like that's something Gonzaga needs. And like, to, if I'm being perfectly honest, like losing the West Coast Championship would benefit Gonzaga a lot. Yep. And they did. Yep. And they did. They did that one year. That one year. St. Mary's because Mark Few gets two weeks to sit down and with the it's West Coast. Crazy to say that, but like, if Gonzaga loses to BYU this year. They might be like, national champions. Like, we, that, we might we, be talking about we, how great this is. Me, me and you were sitting there and saying during that Gonzaga BYU game, if Gonzaga loses a game, they're gonna win the national championship. Yeah. And I still believe that. Yeah. And I, listen, it's, it's, you know who else? This is a very a little different example, like same thing. 
if Illinois lost in the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. they could be looking at a different Illinois team. Yep. Because like you don't it goes for everyone. You don't change bad things unless they're unless you see them. Yeah. And like even when you see them, it wins. To be fair, Illinois is a little different. They play a really tough Loyola Chicago team, mm-hmm. who's who's severely underrated. But at the same time, same time, losses help. Losses really help. Like, I'm going to say this until the end of my time talking college basketball, whenever that may be mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. Teams, you, how do I phrase this correctly? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> It's bad for you to win your conference tournament. It is. It's bad. That that's that's the it's most just, simple way to put it. If 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 you're a you think that there are higher like goals. Now it's not bad for like Minnesota with their conference tournaments here. There's nothing bad about that. You know what I mean? But like if you were like uh, the following teams: Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, um, Alabama, mm-hmm. Ohio State, teams that we consider Iowa, contenders. You know what I mean? Any top seed this year. Any top seed this year, any top four seed this year, it is bad to lose your uh, to win your conference championship. It does not help you. It does not help you Illinois, anyway. Illinois come, unless like, unless for some reason you're for some for some bizarre reason listen, you're lacking like, confidence. Listen, like as much as much as like I have a, friend, a bunch of friends in Illinois, and like as much as it like pains me for like pains them to hear me say this, like if I were to say this to their face. It would have won their championship. Like, the Big Ten championship was a huge deal for them. It was a huge deal for them. And also, just like a, it kind of like a, an F you to like everyone. Who Especially like, after Michigan didn't play their amount of games and their, that whole Twitter say, thing. That's exactly what I was going to say about how Illinois, you know, they're like, yeah, we're the, we're the best of the Big Ten. We are the best Big Ten team, you know? And I'm like, you know what? We're, we're just going to, we're going to go lose the second round against Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, like, it meant more to them to win that. Just, cause, like, just to prove they were, like, the best Big Ten team. And, like, everyone is sitting on this all-time high. and They are an all-time Bra- high. Brad Underwood doesn't sit there the next week and say, where does this team get better? He's sitting here. here they're saying. Let's keep it going. Like, like, let's, keep, like, let's keep playing the way we're playing. Yep. And, like, you could do that, but, like, good coaches figure that out. Yep. Like, good, you, you give a good coach time, and even, like, Porter Moser proved he only needed two days to get ready for them. Yep. Like, Porter, Porter Moser sat down and said, like, where, where do I beat? The, where do I beat this team? And, and like, and if, and clearly it was and, pretty easy. And if and like, if Illinois had lost to Ohio State per se, like, Brad Underwood doesn't go, like, let's go beat Loyola the way we've been playing. He yeah. goes, where is Loyola going to try to expose us and how do yep. we fix that? But also, it's a little different. Here's why: Brad Brad Underwood's not that great of a coach. No, he's not. And I'll, <laughs> die on, I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Like I think he's a great motivator. Don't get me wrong, but his in-game adjustments. His, his 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 players believe in him. His his in-game adjustments are, and he's a good recruiter too. But yeah. I think to be the highest level of a college basketball coach that you could be, the number one most important thing is you need to be able to adjust, right? You need to like know X's and O's, and like yeah, act, yeah, yeah. actually know know how to coach games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The next thing is being able to motivate your players. Sorry, yeah. motivate your players is the third thing. Okay, because like. That, and that does go into it. And the second thing is obviously recruiting because, like, that's Huge. What, what is college athletics. Yeah. It's half your job. You know what's really sad? Richard Pacino sucks at all three of those things. So. Mm-hmm. Richard Pacino, the unemployed. Yeah. Ben Johnson, the employed. The employed. Let's go. Sorry, I can't go too low without mentioning the Gophers. Okay. Let's, real quick, before we kind of wrap this up, 
Wrap this up been, season, season this one. This has been <laughs> unreal. Well, I think we're going to start season two. Um, I was thinking about this because our. You know what? Let's wrap. This is going to be our final episode of season one. This because is. Because. And we'll do this every year as long as we continue this podcast. That the final episode mm-hmm. of the season will be the recap of the national championship episode. Because uh, yeah. our podcast is called Marathon to March. That. Uh, saying that March is where it ends. March is where yeah. the road ends, even though our national championships in April. The road begins soon. And, I can't and wait season two, office. we'll start with transfer portal, all the offseason I can't stuff, wait to just dig it Interviews, in stuff like that. Hopefully. Like, it's it's going to be a fun offseason. One of the if anyone people. wants to be interviewed on a podcast, hit me up, you know, mm-hmm. or hit Liddy up. I might try to start reaching out to some guys this early yeah. as next week, maybe. Just Deep, start like, DMing people on Twitter. I think it would be more interesting to talk some, to some transfers, kind of like that. I mean, know how the transfer portal works. Liam Robbins entered the transfer portal today, Liddy. Real quick, we do, we dove into the national landscape of college basketball. Um, yeah, we talked the national championship game. I forgot about Liam Robbins. I've been paying now, Liddy. <laughs> real quick, give me your. And this is gonna not gonna be difficult because we don't know what's gonna happen with transfers and stuff like that. Obviously. There's still some guys that have to commit, but I think I already know my answer to the question before you ask. Top, top five teams in college basketball. Michigan's next one. Year. I've Gonzaga one next year. It depends where Chet goes. Like, you can't tell me they're one of Chet to go there. Listen, like, I think Gonzaga will be preseason number one and they won't win the national championship. Like, I think that's a fair statement to say. But, yeah. like, like looking at talent, like, just talent on the roster, I think that they're going to be the best Okay, team, so I'm going to be who is going to be the preseason or who's yours? Who's yours? We'll, we'll go okay, there. Michigan's one, in my opinion. Okay. I'm biased. I'm biased, but best coach, best recruiting now, now that we kind of switched up the language, Dickinson. I agree with you, Michigan's one. And you keep Dickinson? Mm-hmm. And you lose talent, but you bring in a bunch of talent, which Jawan Howard in actual offseason. They have the number one recruiting class in the country. Yep. And we'll start diving Two, into some of those players soon. If they keep Timmy and Chet, I think they got to Even be, if they might lose Timmy, they're going to bring back Nemhard. They're going to bring back a Yai. Hopefully get Chet. Um, and, and if they get Chet, they're going to pair him Watson. I'm sure they'll get a tra- – Mark Fuel will find his way into the transfer portal the same way you yeah. did with Nemhard. Yeah, I agree. But there's – yeah, I, do, I see them too. Three – I think I might go ballsy here, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go Purdue. Okay, that's fair. Purdue, Purdue returns everyone. Next yeah, I know. And and they like, had an off season. Listen, like North and Texas, transfers. North Texas was bad, but like EDA is gonna be better. Purdue is be gonna be better. <laughs> They're gonna return Hunter. They're gonna return Williams. They're gonna yeah. return everyone. Literally everyone. Okay, my number three team is Duke. Force Duke for me. Okay, Duke is four. So Duke and just a quick overview of what I think their roster is going to be next year. They got Trevor Keels last weekend. Awesome. Committed on national television during the Geico National Finals. We should watch Chet if he, if he commits on, on online television. We should watch him together. Mm-hmm. And then bringing Keels, really good point guard, can shoot the lights out of the ball. Yeah. That's what I know about him so far. I haven't done extensive reviews of freshmen yet. Um, or incoming freshmen, I should say. Paulo Bonchero, number two overall awesome. player in the country. Awesome. Power forward. Going to be very good for this team. And then Adrian Griffin. Or, sorry, A.J. Griffin. I've heard the name Griffin. His dad is named Adrian. He coaches in the NBA. Fun. I believe he's an assistant coach for either the Raptors or the Knicks right now. I think he was the with the Knicks. Raptors sounds right. Was with the Raptors. Or is with the Raptors right now. Yeah. Was with the Knicks. But I played with A.J. Griffin when I was younger, actually. Fun, Fun fact. Fun. Um, we played in the league together. I played against him. Um, How'd that go? He was very good. Yeah. Um, I fortunately had another kid on my team who was also very good. Didn't good. end up being as good as A.J. Griffin. But yeah. um, I, did, I did play against him. Fun. And then, like, just to get, like, real quick before I dive into the rest of Duke's roster, Jeremy Roach, Mark Williams, Henry Coleman, I think, is back. 
Uh, DJ Stewart left for the draft. Matthew Hurt might come back. He's not going to be a first round pick. No. And the argument for him to leave is that he might not be much better than this. Yeah. Um, which I could understand. That's an argument. Um, but the argument for him to stay is like this team's going to be loaded next year. Yeah. And then I think if it's a possibility, because I think I still think he, if I had to guess, I still think he goes to UW Milwaukee and plays for his dad. But if Matthew Hurt leaves, Patrick Baldwin might come to Duke because they play similar positions. Yeah. Right? So. It's an absolute squad. And Joey Baker's back. I'm like, he'll come off the bench. It's just an absolute squad. Wendell Moore, too. Um, you got an offseason, too. So, yeah. Like, we'll see if this team, what transfers they look into, what they're going to do. Um, Stewart Hurts, he was going to be good, ne- good next year. Yeah. But good for, good, for, good, good for him. Good for Stewart. Um, this team, team's my number three. I think I actually had Purdue at number four. Um, I want to okay. say I have this. Written. I don't have a list. I'm, I'm, I'm I have this written it. down. I'm ripping it I right I, now. I started doing it. I have, Off per, rip. I have Purdue at four, and then at five, it's an interesting one. It's a very interesting one because you got a lot of times here. Um, I don't know. Aaron Torres is a big Ohio State fan next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not so high on I'm that. I'm not either. Liddell's gone, and he was just so big for that team. I'd be very surprised if Ohio State does good last year. This next year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so who's your preseason number five? Dude, do I just do I go full, just absolute stud programs, and do I stick a Michigan State, which is they might really be. bold. They might be. And on had like twenty four, I think you know. But I, I think I think I think I, I got to go with the obvious pick here, and this is all depends if one guy stays, right? Do you want to say? I know who it is. UCLA. UCLA. If Juzang stays, if he stays, if not, then it's a whole different team. But like at the same time, I asked this question last podcast that they're so good this year. If they're a top five team to end the year, final four team, why weren't they that good all year all year long? Mm-hmm. If Juzang stays, though, there's some traction with that team. More than anything, there's a lot of confidence in that team, to, and a lot of hunger to get in that team. You know they're hungry after that final four loss, where they lost on a freaking banked in shot by Jalen Suggs. Yep, they'll be back, and Cronin's a coach. He's a coach. I mean, obviously, <laughs> he's a good one. I think. All right, uh, my All right, five. my fifth team, and I'm between a couple teams. Um, Kansas State. <laughs> Kansas State. <laughs> um, they'll be better next year. But okay, so this might surprise some people. Oh my God, Alabama. They're gonna lose jo- Patty. They're gonna lose Jones. They're gonna lose uh, Bruner. They're gonna lose Reese. That's a lot of names. All right, John Ellison. Here's who they return. Jaden Shackelford. Big. Javon Quinterly. Big. Josh Primo. Quinterly. Wait, Quinterly might go. Quinter, Quinterly could leave, but if he comes back. Yeah. Primo. Keon Ellis will be back. Javon Gary will be back. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are five really impactful players. Yeah. And then they add the number nine, nine freshman, J.D. Davison. Yeah, I know. Who will play, who will, who's a point guard. They're going to be very guard heavy. And just a guess, but like I, I would guess... They had transfers. Florida State's up there too. They return. I was gonna say Florida State. They return a lot next year. Uh, Maryland will be very good next year. They got added some transfers that we'll talk about in our next episode. Lovely. Um, Nova will be there. They got some good Hopefully. recruits coming in. Uh, Michigan State, like you said, will also be good. Um, Kansas, Kentucky, I think will both be better probably. Yeah, you have to. You Kentucky, have Kentucky. Kentucky for sure. You have to be. You have to be. Um, How do you not? You know, Kansas, Virginia, I think Kansas. will be good. Um, that's that's just 
a bunch of teams. And then Not every team can be good, obviously, guys. Arkansas will be good again, too. Yeah. Musselman's going to okay. a million transfers. Is it funny that we could say Arkansas is going to be a top 10 team and we don't know what their, what 80% of their roster is going to be next yeah, year? Yeah, which is Musselman. It's Musselman, dude. It's this, is how, this is how he's going to. Yeah. This is the future of college basketball's transfers. And we're going to talk and about. And the fact that it's literally just NFL free agency. I don't mm-hmm. watch an NBA. It's like NBA free agency right now. Yep. Yeah. That's what it's decide. becoming because of the one time transfer rule now. Yeah. Which is but, fun, which is awesome. It makes it, it makes it really entertaining, and it makes it gives us time to talk about. Um, this was one of our, our more fun episodes. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, with with the episode. It's been longer too. Nothing wrong with that. I love mm-hmm. talking college basketball. There's a lot of arguments. This whole Gonzaga thing. You're gonna. I got there, heavy there are two si- There are definitely two sides of the argument. This is not a one sided argument. No, not at all. But at the same time, it's just like you can't tell me that Gonzaga can keep keep recycling the script. They looked lost yesterday. It is <laughs> like. Two days ago, Lenny. They just got sorry. They just got hit with something that like they hadn't seen. Yeah, you know why? Because Pepperdine sucks. They suck. <laughs> Pepperdine is not Baylor. Oh, thank God. R.I.P. R.I.P. All those Waves fans out there. Yeah, they did win the CBI. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> really? Yeah. No way. No way. I remember this. So, at least won one, the NIT. Memphis, I want to say. Right? It was Memphis. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So at least one West Coast team finished the season. Yo, is, it, is it a fourth tournament or no? There is, but I don't think they, it happened this year. Like the CIT, I want to say, is the other one. So you said CIT. No, CBI oh. is the other one. There's two okay, different so ones. So you'd be funny if you like a, 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 a round robin foursome with those four. Baylor, Memphis, Pepperdine, and whoever wins the last one. <laughs> and like there's like a tournament next year. And like wherever, like the, <laughs> the decide the Maui. <laughs> or like, I don't know. Winner goes to the Maui. <laughs> Put it in Minnesota and call it the North Star. The North Star Shindig. Oh my god. Okay. Um, that's <laughs> Put it in San Antonio, though. San Antonio Shindig. Nice, dude. I like that. Nice. I love that, actually. Dude, go overseas, play in London. Get the, get the college game out there. Didn't, like, a team make a trip to Italy, like, two years ago? Michigan football. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's on me. Yeah, you don't remember? People were criticizing no, 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 Jim Harbaugh no, no. for taking his team to Italy. Well, Jim Harbaugh is no Jawan Howard, so. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, true. All right. That's going to conclude this episode of Marathon in March. This was really fun. A lot yeah. of good college basketball overall landscape talk. Um, we're going to be back probably pretty soon, later this week, I would guess. Hopefully. With some transfer portal talk. Um, start preparing for the NBA draft maybe a little. Oh, baby. Just going to start looking at rosters next year. Who, who you Who's should look out for. Yeah. Who's leaving. This is going to be happening fast, guys. And then. All of a sudden, we're going to be be looking at it, and it's going to be op- opening night of the season. Mm-hmm. We're going to be at the Champions Classic yep. again. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this was really fun. We will see you guys next time.